want to be on the right frequency, right? Y'all remember the, the, the old radios where you had to, like, turn it, and then you'd drive a little further, and you had to turn it a little bit more? We had an old TV antenna, and, and my dad ran a pipe up to put the antenna up high enough, and then we had a pair of vice grip pliers that we'd use to turn the pipe. And, and you got to get just the right frequency. We want to be on the right frequency. And, and so I was looking for stories to talk about. We're gonna, tonight we're talking about God speaks to us. Do you all know he still speaks? And, uh, and so I found this story. It says, one day many years ago, I was really sad, and I was driving in my car on the main road. Tears were pouring up. Y'all need to mute all the mics, but maybe me for a minute. And um, tears were pouring out my face, and I was feeling really bad about something that had happened. I was driving a hoopty. I mean, y'all know what a hoopty is. I, I used to drive one of those. It's a, it's a jalopy, basically. It's a, it's a car that's ready to be crushed. And uh, this car only had two radio stations that worked, and I was listening to one of two stations. In the midst of my fears, a song came on the radio. It's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. How many of y'all remember that? I mean... Cry if I want to, cry if I want to. I won't sing it because I don't want you running out of here going, my ears, my ears. This person said, I couldn't believe that song came on the radio at that moment. And then God spoke to me and told me to stop crying, that everything would be all right. They said they almost ran off the road. And uh, that they'd, you know, and it's neat how God will do little encounters like that to speak to us. We're always wanting that booming voice from heaven, but it doesn't always happen, you know, and and so that's the thing with 21 days of prayer. We want to go, I mean, it's, you know, we did that at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, we fast and pray. In August, we feast and pray, okay? So uh, we'll, we'll still eat, but we want to spend this extra time in prayer. So last week, Fred did a good job. The topic was being ready to hear, getting ready to hear. And, uh, and so we, uh, we began to get ready for our hearts to be ready for 21 days of prayer. We introduced this verse, John 10, 3. It says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, the shepherd, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. Now, it's interesting that the sheep know the shepherd, and the shepherd calls them by name. He names them. I, had a, I knew a guy one time that had, had four or five cows, and he had names for them all, and he never could bring himself, this is over in Texas, he never could bring himself to go slaughter them and make steaks because he couldn't, you know, they had names. They were like his children. So these shepherds named their sheep and would call them by name. And that's what Jesus does for us. And, uh, you know, and, and so uh, they, would, they would follow him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Let me tell you, we're living in a time where we not only need to hear, we need to hear Jesus calling us by name, and we need him to lead us out because there are so many wrong directions we can go today. And, uh, and so last week Fred was talking about getting our hearts prepared so that our hearts are fertile soil. He talked about the four different kinds of soil. How many of you want to be that good fertile soil? When the seed is planted, we grow, right? And we hear that word, and it grows inside us. And so we know that a prepared heart is a repented heart. We've got to repent and, and turn away from our sin. It's a refreshed heart, a revived heart. And we want to be good soil for God to sow into. And so today we're going to talk about He still speaks to me. He speaks to me. And God wants to speak to you. He just wants us to listen. You know, and too often we're not listening, right? So we're going to look at an Old Testament passage. We're going to look at Samuel, the life of Samuel. And uh, we're going to look at that. But, but while we're talking about praying, and I'm going to put this in the prayer guides, 
I believe there's some things we need to be praying for all the time. One, I, I think we need to be praying for our nation. Uh, I've never, I, I, I'm, I'm not old, old, but I've been around a few years, and I've never seen it like this. I've never seen, there has never been a point in my life until now where I thought, our government, our country could collapse, and we're getting there. And, uh, and, and so when I see a form of government that's as broken as ours is right now, and uh, you, you've got different sides of the aisle, they won't even talk to each other. And, uh, and so we need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for our nation to turn back to God. You see, this country has sent missionaries all over the world. We've built orphanages. We've built hospitals. We've built schools, everything all over the world. Now other countries are sending missionaries back to us. That's a shame. You know, but we need those missionaries right now. We need this country to turn back to the Lord. We need to pray for our leaders. You know, we need to pray, not God get them. I mean, you know, just, just imagine. You know, I pray every day for, for Joe Biden to turn his life completely over to the Lord and radically get saved. I mean, just imagine what could happen with some of those leaders that get saved. We need to pray for churches all over our country. I'm still amazed that up in, in Canada you've got pastors that are being... There was a story I read yesterday about a pastor being chased. He was in the woods, and a helicopter was chasing him. Why were they chasing him? Because he had church out in the field, and they were chasing him down. They threw him in prison in Canada, you know. And, uh, and so we've got to pray for churches all over the place. And, and, and I believe that now we've got to pray for COVID to go away again. We've got to be praying and get vaccinated. We can do what we can do. I believe it's miraculous that God gave them this vaccine this fast. And, uh, I mean, it's just a miraculous thing. But we've got to pray against COVID. We've got to pray against all the hate and this anger that's out there. I've never seen, I mean, we had a road rage murder today in Slidell. And, uh, and, uh, and so that's just going on all the time. A lot of hate, anger. You don't think it's out there? Cut somebody off and see what happens. It, it's just, it's out there. And um, so we want to pray against that. We want to pray against racism from all directions and, and all that kind of stuff. We want to pray for people's hearts. Let me tell you what's going to change it. Are people's hearts coming to faith in Jesus and being changed. Being changed. You know, a friend of mine, Andy Scott, great guy. We, we got saved about the same time. The only thing is that we had in common is we were saved about the same time. He's a very muscular black guy, and I was a skinny white kid. And, uh, and, and, and Andy would, like, do this, and this big muscle would come up. He'd do that, and another one would grow on top of that. And we were in this little group sharing our little sins that we needed God to change. He looked at me, and his nostrils flared, and that muscle came up. And he said, I hate white people. I'm thinking, I do too. I mean, I'm, I'm lily white. You can't tell where the white sock starts and stops. You know, and I'm thinking, I do too. You know, to what? two weeks later, he didn't care what color you were. God changed it. Allow God to change us. That's what we've got to have. So, let, matter of fact, why don't we just pray real quick? Lord, you hear all these things. Lord, we pray against the hatred, the racism going on from all sides in this, in this country. God, we pray against all this anger that's out there. Fill us with your love so we can show it to people and they can catch it. Lord, we pray for the hearts and minds of people to be changed and to follow you. We pray for this nation to turn back to you. Lord, I pray for our president to turn his life completely over to you, for our vice president to turn her life completely over to you, for Congress, Lord, to turn their lives to you, and, to, and for all of our government officials, Lord. Just imagine, God, what would happen if they were all serving you, Lord. And so we, 
we give them to you. Lord, we give our deputies in this parish, we ask for their protection and for your guidance to them as they protect us and, and keep us safe, Lord. And, and so, God, we just give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, real quick, look at your neighbor and tell them you're glad they're here at church tonight. Now look at the one that you didn't decide to say that to and say you look like you need some church tonight, all right? So hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of God, uh, come on back, come on back. First Samuel 3 says the boy Samuel, now Samuel, his mama was a praying mama. She had prayed for a son and God said, I'm going to give you a son. He did that through Eli. Next year, this time, you're going to have a son. And she said, well, I'm going to give him to the Lord. That's what she did. She named him Samuel and and so now it says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. He was the judge. This is in the period of the judges. And, uh, and so in those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there weren't many visions. And, uh, and so, you know, in the, in the period of the judges, if you want to read it, it really is a model for what happens in our lives. The Israelites would worship God, and then they'd, they'd get prosperous, and they'd fall away. They'd be complacent. And so God would send somebody in to conquer them. And then they'd, oh, Lord, deliver us. And so he'd raise up a judge, would come and deliver them. What happens to us? We get complacent. Things start going bad. Oh, God. Oh, God. We talk. I mean, we're on our knees. We're praying when things aren't going right. And then they start going good. And we're just going, okay. All right, I'm not going to church this Sunday. I'm going to go out on my boat. You know, I mean, God, thank you for the blessings. You know, boat sinks. Oh, God. You know, I mean, you know, we're right back at it. And, and that was kind of what happens here, you know. And, and so there weren't many visions. It says, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming weak, so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark was. And it's funny. You know, Samuel's probably about 12 at this time. He's still teachable. He's not like, he hadn't hit 13. You know, when they turn 13, they think they know everything, right? And, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and so he was still teachable, but he was sleeping as close to the presence of God. He was sleeping as close to the ark as he could because he wanted to be where the action was, and the ark was where the action was. It said, then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went back and laid down. Again. Now, how many of y'all glad for that again? Again, the Lord called him. Because how many of you besides me have missed it once or twice? You know, I mean, it says again the Lord called him. And, uh, and, and so he said, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I'm sleepy. I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. That's not in there, but that's what he said. All right, so, so, so Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word had not been given or revealed to him. So Samuel didn't recognize the voice of God. I'm going to preach next week on recognizing the voice of God. But, but uh, Samuel didn't quite recognize it yet and, uh, because he hadn't, hadn't been introduced to the Lord. The Lord called Samuel a third time. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. Then finally, Eli said, The lights came on. You know, you're kind of sleepy when you get woke up in the middle of the night, right? And uh, the lights came on, and Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Folks, 
That's what we need to be doing. When we hear God, we speak, God, or I'm listening. And, and when I'm saying that, I'm saying, Lord, I'm listening, I'm going to do what you tell me. Because when God speaks, he doesn't say, he didn't give us ten suggestions, he gave us ten commandments. You know, and so, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. And, and so he's, he said, I'm fixing to do something. Now listen, the Lord told Samuel that he was doing, fixing to do something. He's an announcing God. I mean, I mean, think about it. God announced that he was going to use Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He announced to the shepherds that he was fixing to give birth to a Savior. You know, he, he's an announcing God. And, and so he's announcing some things here. And, um, and so all the, think about it. He could have shared this with Eli. Eli was the, the judge, the prophet of the day. But he didn't. He shared it with a 12-year-old boy. And he tells him, and here's what he tells him, I'm fixing to carry out the judgment I've already said I was going to carry out on Eli because his sons are evil and he lets them get away with it. He lets them be a corrupt priest. And so Samuel laid down again until morning. How many of y'all bet he didn't sleep? You know, you get, you get told that message that, look, I'm fixing to kill your boss and all his family. You know, it's like, you're not going to sleep, all right? And so Samuel laid down in the morning, and this is key. This is, look, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. What he did was, in the morning when it was time for him to go to work, he went to work. He opened up the, the house of God. He did what he was supposed to do. He didn't go, well, Lord, Eli's still alive. I thought you was going to kill him and his boys. I mean, you know, come on, you said this. No, he did what he was already supposed to be doing, what he already knew he was to be doing until it was time for the vision to, to, for what God said was going to happen. And so, you know, another thing here I, I like in this story is even though Samuel didn't know how to listen to God, he kept trying. He kept trying. It took him four times. You know, some of us are way past four, right? And, uh, and so it took him four times, but he kept listening. Now, here's the thing. One of the things that's hard for, I don't know, for me, probably for you too, is that we, we have a hard time realizing that God wants to speak to me. God wants to speak to you. We think, whoa, 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 he's supposed to speak to those real spiritual people. You know, the guys with the haircut and the suits and all that stuff, or, or the pastors, and he's supposed to speak to them. No, he's going to speak to each one of us. You know, he, he, we compare ourselves to other people, but God doesn't. He sees us all the same, and he wants to speak to each one of us. You know, I mean, you know, we, we approach God, and, and, and let me tell you something. I want, I want to tell you this. He knows that you didn't read enough verses this morning. He knows you didn't finish that daily reading. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but you know you didn't, some of you. He knows that you cut short your prayer time by a minute or two. He knows that maybe you didn't tithe last week or maybe that you did something. I mean, he knows all that, but you know what? He still wants to speak to you. He still wants to speak to me. And so I just, I'm thankful God likes to repeat himself. Samuel missed it four times, you know, and, 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 and three times, and God came a fourth time, and, and, and finally he heard it. And so thank God that he's a God that keeps on talking. So I want to give you some ideas around hearing God speak. And uh, so we've got to cut through the noise. We've got a lot of noise in our lives, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know what the biggest source of noise is? 
social media popping up. And uh, I got three pop-ups since I've been preaching. I mean, you know, it, it pops up, and we live in a distracted world. And we can get so much noise going on, we got to get rid of the noise. So let me give you some things that will help. Number one, write this down. A humble heart ushers in the voice of God. God will not speak to a haughty heart. God will not speak to prideful people. Matter of fact, the Bible says he opposes the proud. I don't know about you, life is hard enough without God being oppositional to me. I don't want him opposing me. Samuel had a humble, pliable, teachable heart. He hadn't turned 13 yet. He hadn't become one of those teenagers that think they know everything. Uh, I used to tell parents, don't worry, when they're in their 20s, at some point in there you're going to be smart again, you know. But uh, Samuel hadn't figured it all out. Let me tell you, a humble heart gives us fresh ears to hear. A, a humble heart does that. It, you know, a humble heart is the prepared soil for God's word. That's what a humble heart is. And, uh, and so when we're humble, we are that fertile soil. We're that right kind of soil. See, God could have spoken to Eli, but Eli had a lot going on. He had these sons that were corrupt, and he was letting them do all that, and, and so he chose to, spoke, to speak to Samuel, who was, a, who was a kid. How many times do you hear Jesus say, we're going to come to God, we've got to come with childlike faith? See, we've got to come with childlike faith. That doesn't mean we're childish, it just means we're childlike. And, and you know, when, when, uh, when I was a, a little kid, my dad would put me up on the countertop and say, now jump, I'm going to catch you, and I'd jump. Why? Because I knew. He was going to catch me. That's the faith that God wants us to come with. And, uh, and so, you know, he wants us to have that childlike faith. You know what happens? When we have that childlike faith, we're teachable. And we're, when we're confronted with the word of God, instead of us wanting the word of God to change, we change. Let me just tell you something. The word of God's been around a while. It does not change. What it said was wrong 2,000 years ago is still wrong today. And, and so when we hit the word of God... When we're told, for instance, to speak the truth in love, we do it. Uh, you know, when we're told to forgive, we do. And the Word of God says that. When we're told that we're supposed to tithe, we do. When we're told to flee sexual immorality and save sex for marriage, we do. When we're told to treat each other with kindness, we do. When we're told not to gossip, we don't. You know, I mean, all those things. I mean, you know, being childlike is basically strengthening our signal, just raising that antenna up and getting her on the right frequency. Stay humble, stay humble. Secondly, first is a humble heart. Second is every verse speaks his voice. Every verse of the Bible, even the ones you don't like, every single verse in the Bible, God is in it. When you read it and apply your faith to it, God will do miraculous things in your life. See, it's a living relationship with God, and he communicates with us. Let me tell you, relationships are built on communication. If you don't ever talk to your spouse, it's not a good relationship. Same way with God. If we're not ever talking and listening to God, it's not a good relationship. We've got to have a relationship built on communication. I hear people say, well, I just hadn't heard the voice of God. I have a question for you when you say that. Have you ever read the voice of God? And he's written us a book that says what he wants to say. It's called the Bible. The Word of God. I mean, get in the Word. That's why we give those uh, daily, uh, daily uh, Bibles away, you know. Uh, we want you to read every day. And that one's got an Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and Proverb. You can read every day. You can, you can read the voice of God. You know, if you get in it just enough, 
you may actually have him speak to you through it and get that rhema word going. Every verse speaks his voice. Three, value his voice above all. Value his voice above all. I mean, that means we've got to give the word of God, we've got to give it more weight than this. I mean, you know, too many people get their news and information that, they, that forms their beliefs off social media. I tell people there is nothing on social media that's true. I don't think. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure where you can go to find true news, but, but it's not on social media, I can tell you that. You've got to get that out. You've got to value his voice above all. Give weight to God's voice. We've got to silence that other noise. We've got to put his voice above the social media, above culture. Because, it, you know, what happens when you say, well, why are you doing it? Well, everybody else is doing it. That's not, as a Christian, it don't matter what everybody else is doing. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to listen to God's voice. Sam, Samuel's mom, Hannah, was a praying mom, and she prayed for her son, and God gave her one. And she gave him back to God. Now, it's important to pray for our children and grandchildren, but we've got to listen, too. And here's the southern word I'm fixing to give you. God is not a hollerer. He doesn't holler. He doesn't holler. I mean, we want God to talk loud above the noise, right? But he doesn't holler. He doesn't yell. He doesn't scream. Write this down. We want God to turn up his voice. And he's wanting us to turn down our lives. You see, we just want him to get louder and louder. What happened when, when uh, you know, he passes by in the thunder and the lightning and the earthquake and then it's that still, small voice? A lot of times God talks in a whisper. Let me tell you, you've got to, You've got to be ready to hear. During 21 days of prayer, I hope you'll slow down enough during a couple of times a day to hear God speak, to get quiet and hear God speak. Fourth, share what he says. He's going to talk to you. You need to share what he says. Samuel shared what he heard. He didn't want to. Eli came and said, you tell me, and God kill you if you don't tell me what he said. Samuel said, okay, he's going to kill you and your sons. And Eli went, okay, it's God's will. And, uh, and so um, I'd have been scared to tell Eli that too. But Samuel shared it. Listen, if, if you get a word, you need to share it. You might need to share it with somebody in love. Speak the truth in love. Remember that verse? Uh, you know, we want to know if God's speaking to you during this time. A lot of people will hear your voice before they hear God's voice. Maybe you might want to, some of y'all been maybe tinkering with this. And, you know, I'd really like to be a small group leader, but you would never say that out loud because you're afraid. And uh, you, you might check that off on your connection card sometime. We can talk, and we'll train you how to do that. Maybe God's going to speak to you and through you to a group of five, six people. See, a small group doesn't have to be 20, 25 people, although we've had them that big. Small groups, four, five, six people meeting to study the Word. Share what he says. Number five, whatever he says to do, do it. Now, this is... This is getting down to the nitty-gritty. Listen, when God speaks, he expects us to do it. And when you're not hearing him speak, maybe he's already told you to do something and you're not paying attention and you hadn't done what he's already told you to do. I had a friend of mine, when, when I got saved, he got discipled us. Uh, There's a bunch of us guys, we got saved about the same time, a bunch of girls did too. And, and uh, they would run to the girl that was discipling them and she'd solve their problems. Our guy wouldn't. I was wanting her, you know, but he just said, did you do what we talked about last time? Well, no, but 
No, 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 no. You go back and do what God's already told you to do, and then he'll tell you what to do next. And that's the thing. We want to we hear God, but we don't want to do what he tells us to do. God speaks to us with the assumption we're going to do what he tells us to do. Uh, listen, write this down. Obedience is our love language to God. We talked about different love languages. And uh, some of y'all say, well, my wife, you know, speaks this language or this language. My wife speaks them all. And, uh, and so, but, but, you know, obedience is God's love language. When we obey God, it shows we love him. Look what Jesus said in John 14, 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. That's the way we show God we love him, is we do what he says. You see, that's the way we show. I can say, God, I love you all the time, and be in rebellion. Do I love God? No, because if I love him, I'm going to obey him. And, and so, uh, we, you know, when we obey God, it just releases his destiny in our lives. When I disobey God, I find myself without purpose, wandering around, not accomplishing much. And so in Samuel, it says this, in verse 19, that Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and everything Samuel did proved to be reliable. Because Samuel was doing what God was telling him to do. And all of Israel, from Dan to the north, to Beersheba in the south, knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. See, Samuel was recognized as a prophet because he was doing what God was telling him to do, and God kept speaking to him. He kept listening and doing what God was telling him to do. And then God went on and did what he said he was going to do. He killed Eli's sons in battle. Israelites were overwhelmed by the Philistines. They lost the Ark of the Covenant that Samuel was sleeping by and uh, to the Philistines and came back. When they told uh, Eli that both his sons had been killed in battle, he fell over and broke his neck and died all in the same day, just like God had said would happen. That's what Samuel came into. No Ark and conquered by the Philistines. And, um, and so it's a great story if you want to read the whole story. But listen, my point of this whole thing is God wants to speak to you and me. He's still speaking today. He called Samuel four times before Samuel answered. So if you've missed it once or twice, you're in good company. God still wants you. He still wants you. You know, when I was a kid, we had a go-kart. And I wish I had a picture of it. Man, it was a beauty. Not. I mean, you know, uh, we had a, it wasn't like this kid down the street. This kid down the street, man, he has had those slick racing tires on it. And it was painted, and he had a cushioned steering wheel on it. And, uh, and man, he just thought he was, he thought he was hot stuff. And, uh, I mean, it came, you know, and his dad put it together. It came in a box, and it was all shiny and new. Our go-kart was an old lawnmower, three-wheel lawnmower, that my dad had welded and, and cut. And together, we'd break it, and he'd weld the steering. It didn't have a steering wheel. It had two poles that came out like this and then went across. And you steered it like this, had a front wheel. And you steered it. And that little boy wanted to race us one day. And if you'd have looked at our two, we had a wooden seat. Wood. Probably plywood, I don't remember. But it was wood, and Daddy built two little, welded two little things on the side so we wouldn't just slide off the edge, you know. And, uh, and man, and, uh, and, and so that boy wanted to race us. But what he didn't know, if you'd have looked at it, you'd have bet on him. Because, I mean, he had that hot go-kart racing tires. But what he didn't know and what you don't know is we had a Honda motorcycle engine on that go-kart. And, man, I smoked that boy so bad, I'd have caught Andre in that new car he bought. Let me tell you, that thing, that thing, when I floorboarded it, dirt went out the back, and off the road we went, boy. And, but let me tell you, that, that was a boy's go-kart. 
We ran that thing through the woods. We'd break it, and Daddy would weld it back together. And, uh, I mean, you know, let me tell you something. God speaks in the battles of life. God, God doesn't work in the shiny box. He speaks when you, have to, when you broke. He duct tapes you back together or welds you back together. I mean, we, we, we did that thing. I mean, we learned in the battlefield of life, and that's where God will speak to you. He speaks to us with those broken pieces. He speaks to us. He wants to speak to you and to me. He wants to speak in the backyard of your life. Maybe you're here and you want a fresh start. Maybe you're here and, and maybe you need a new beginning. See, I asked Jesus to come into my life. If you're getting baptized and need to change clothes, this would be the time to go do it. I came here and uh, when I was younger, and I invited Christ in my life because I didn't have peace right here. But I, I want to ask you tonight, did you know that God wants you to have peace in your life? He does. I want to share a few scriptures with you. And, uh, and so it says, Romans 5.1, Paul said this, Therefore, since we've been made right with God in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what who did? Jesus Christ our Lord has done in us. See, our peace comes because of what Jesus has done. Our peace comes. John 10.10 says this, The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, but my purpose is to give him a rich and satisfying life. That's what I wanted. That's what I didn't have. And, and so I wanted that peace. So let me ask you this. If God wants you and me to experience peace in our life, why don't we? Think about it. Why don't we? Our choices, that's why. We, see, Adam chose to sin against God, and we still choose to sin against God. God created us in his image, but he didn't make us robots. People ask Pastor Kathy and I all the time, so why does bad things happen in the world? Well, because God gave us free reign. He gave us free will. We can choose to do bad. And sometimes we choose to do bad. It hurts other people. We can choose to disobey God. But that, that results in a separation from God. And, uh, and so our choice results in separation from God. Romans 3.23, Paul said this, For everyone has sinned. You know, Pastor Kathy one time had a lady at a ladies' lunch and wanted to accept Christ. So she started praying. She said, Dear God, I'm a sinner. And the lady looked at her and said, I'm not a sinner. Paul says you are. <laughs> Paul said for everyone, for everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. Now, here's the, here's the thing. This is bad news for you and good news for you all at the same time. See, in America, we got this 51% salvation idea. We got this thought that if I can just do more bad, good things than I did bad, I'm okay. That's not the case. You see, he says... The wages of our sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. No, no doing 51%. No doing 51% and, and it being okay, see? And, uh, and so uh, we need to understand that. Matter of fact, let me just give you this example real quick. If you think of somebody you love. If that person was brutally murdered and they caught the one that did it and they went before the judge and, and they said, Your Honor, I've done, a, I've done so much good in my life. I just had a bad night, and I killed this guy or this lady. And the judge says, You know what? You have done more good than you've done bad. I'm going to let you go. Would that be a good judge or a bad judge? That would be a bad judge, wouldn't it? You see, God is a good judge. He's a righteous judge. And it doesn't matter if I've got more good than I've got bad in my life. That bad is a sin to God. And so... Uh, we've, we've, wages of that sin is death, but the free gift is eternal life. See, the problem is we try and fix things 
uh, we try and fix it with all sorts of things. We try, we, we, we even try being moral people, morality, uh, philosophy, religion, good works, all those things. If I can just go to church every time the doors are open, I'll be saved. You know, that doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Solomon said this, Before every man there lies a wide and pleasant road that seems right but ends in death. You see, we got our own way of, th- way of thinking. Well, if I can just do enough good, it's going to be okay. But, but Proverbs 14 says that's not the case. That way that seems right to us, it ends in death. And Isaiah said this way, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. My own decisions, my choices have cut me off from God. And, uh, and so he says, because of your sins, he's turned away and will not listen anymore. But the good news is that God provided the only way to reach him, and that's through Jesus. It's not through Mohammed. It's not through Buddha. It's not through anybody but the person of Jesus Christ. Nobody else died for your sins. Look, Paul told Timothy, there is one God and one mediator, He can reconcile God and humanity, Jesus Christ, the man Jesus Christ. Only one mediator, only one person. Peter said it like this, Christ suffered for our sins once for all. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. See, he paid for our sin. God provided the way, but we've got to choose. We've got to make the choice to receive Jesus. We're going to baptize some that have made that choice in just a second. I love this scripture, Revelation 3.20. Knock, 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 Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. And I'll share a meal with you. Man, what a a time. He's just waiting to come in. Waiting to come in. Paul said in Romans 10.9, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. So where are you today? If you're online watching or if you're here, are you away from God? Or are you away from God and you're trying to do it on your own and, and, uh, and, and get close to God on your own? Or are you ready to receive Jesus and experience the peace? See, when I invited Christ to come into my life on a Thursday night in 1972, my life changed. I had a peace when I closed my eyes. If that's you, if you're ready for that rich and satisfying life, there's basically four things you've got to do. One, you've got to admit you're a sinner. You've got to be willing to turn from your sin. That's called repentance. It means you're just going this way towards sin, you're going to turn away. And then God's going to take you. You've got to believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead for your sin. And then through a prayer, you just invite him to come in. So I want to pray a prayer with you real quick. Every head bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around. And I just want to tell you, if, if you're here tonight or if you're watching online and you've never prayed this prayer, or maybe you have and you've just wandered off, I want, you, I want everybody to pray this out loud with me. And I'm just going, I'm going to say it slow. But it's a prayer of repentance. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust and follow you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer, 
Several things just happened. You became a child of God. God forgave you of your sin. He came into your life. The Bible says in 1 John, whoever has the Son has life. He said, I've written this so you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. You prayed that prayer in your minute. You just got saved. It's called regeneration. We're a new person. Does that mean you go back to living the same way you were? No. It means God has made a new person in you. And it's time for you to start following Him. That means when we come across the Word of God, we change. It doesn't change, right? So let me pray for you, and then we're going we're gonna to baptize some people that have made that decision. So Father, I just pray for these folks that prayed. Many of them maybe prayed to receive Christ the first time, God. And Lord, I just pray that you make yourself real to them. Lord, I know that the way out of what's going on in our culture today is to know and love you. So, Lord, I pray that tonight somebody in this room and online invited you into their life, the Lord of love. God, that you will fill them up with your love. Make yourself real in their life. Let it just overflow out of their lives to others. Lord, help us as a church to be able to help them grow give you the honor and glory for that. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to have some baptisms. Pastor Kathy, are you doing some of these? Better take that jacket off. <laughs> you can stand up and turn around. We've got 